Nerds on the left do not necessarily reflect those of the BNE Podcast Network or any affiliated podcasts. Enjoy the show. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a safe way to <laughs> really get an accurate weight of your boobies. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Rodney. What would you say? How how much do my boobs weigh? I think that's probably the most accurate way. I think I think you have to do that trick where you step on the scales and hold your boobs and then weigh yourself without the boobs. I can't then, hold my own boobs. Then I no would no weigh no. I down. hold them for you. Oh, you and hold then, them. Yeah, you just... I, I hold yours, and then I step on the scale, and then I weigh myself without your boobs, and then I subtract the weight of me holding your boobs. You you, hold, my, you subtract your weight, weight from yes exactly that's the what weight I said. of you holding your boobs. Mm, that might be the way to try. Because I'm Rodney, curious. you're not allowed to weigh Mary's not, boobs. Not mine. I'm talking about my husband to do that. I'm just saying. I it, I don't know. That might work. That may. I think Rodney's just looking for an excuse to touch my boobs. <laughs> Always. Did you guys want to start at some point? Yeah, yeah. I think this is our way of leading into up. a start. Yeah. Mm. Warm starts are easier than cold starts. Oh, good, because I'm going to leave all that in. <laughs> Welcome to Nerds on the Left. I am Rodney. I'm sitting here with uh, the lovely Melissa. That's me. And the... I found out Harry Potter trivia filled Mara. That is me. You didn't know Mara was filled with Harry Potter trivia. I knew that she knew more than your average bear, (laughs) but I didn't. I didn't know that she was full to capacity. I I tried to try to keep a lid on it for the most part because I think I might scare away other non-filled with Harry Potter trivia people. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how you have any more brain capacity like what are what are you losing every day <laughs> i know nothing else i only know harry potter well that sucks because you're a history major so <laughs> what is history yeah, it's not like it repeats itself or it's cyclical <laughs> nah. or anything like that so uh, we just got done uh with our all eight harry potter films in one weekend weekend yes we did tm him <laughs> trademark that yeah <laughs> put an envelope mail it to so ourselves. as ron would say i'm quite knackered quite knackered i'm quite knackered yeah. did you enjoy it yeah i mean my ass is sore it was um, really hard on the body surprisingly and we didn't help with the gratuitous amount of snacks we had no i i definitely weigh more so it's like i put more strain on my body just sitting <laughs> So I bought, like, a Fitbit Blaze on um, Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. I just took it off because I knew it'd be, like, it'd be beeping me. Be like, you need to get up and move this hour. It's I'm like, sick of you Harry judging Potter's me. On. Stop talking, Fitbit. I don't need this kind of judgment in my life. 
That's awesome. So it was just like every minute it was like, hey, you need to move. Yeah, well, it tells you, it's like, oh, take so many more steps to reach your goal this hour. It's like, that's not happening. Fitbit is detecting some blood clots. (laughs) (laughs) It's like doing little blood tests on you. Like, are you seeing this blood sugar level, bitch? You're in the pre-diabetes range here. That would be crazy if your Fitbit can diagnose you with diabetes. That would be. I think they'd be selling it for a lot more money then. Yeah, but at the same time, do you really want to know? Like, if you're already eating to earn diabetes? To like, earn it? If you're eating, like... I win! If you're eating, like, di- the races to get to diabetes, <laughs> then, um, you know, would you really want to know if you if you, if you you won? Well, yes. I mean, if that's your goal... I don't like... want to, like, lose my vision or my feet, so yes. Shit, diabetes is... Serious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe we, we should joke. Diabetes Alley, and it's very, very, very dark. Darker than Nocturne Alley, which is in the Harry Potter universe. No, that was a horrible <laughs> segue. That was bad. <laughs> so, speaking of the Harry Potter universe, um, okay, so for those of you guys who haven't been checking out our Facebook or Instagram and our Twitter, uh, we decorated the house, we cooked, we had snacks and drinks, all Harry Potter themed. Full blown. Like, our house was a veritable Hogwarts. Um, so, first impressions. Like, overall, what is the thing you noticed the most? The thing that we noticed the most? I noticed fucking my house being t- destroyed for, like, two weekends. It's not destroyed. It's upgraded. For now, it is. It was destroyed last weekend. Oh, yeah. There was materials. Craft materials everywhere. Everywhere. So and everywhere I stepped, it was just like, ah, don't crash into that. Don't destroy that. Oh, yeah. Don't well, throw that away. That's a piece of the craft. That's not trash. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of that. <laughs> so, see, I've been wanting to do like a full on Harry Potter marathon with crafts and decoration for a while. So I was like, yes, this is my chance. Do it all. You found your people? Yes, I've found my people. Like, I loved it. Um, I think it makes a big difference having the decorations and so like one of my favorite one was the um actually two favorites was the floating candles and then the um the floating christmas tree i like those i thought those were very cool very magical they were really musing you know like they they were they incited um creativity and some imagination yeah well, I like, too, that they just, they kind of rotated some, too, so it, it looked like they were... Oh, like in the in the yeah. the fan of the AC, or the fan or the AC? Yeah, and so they, they looked like they were just kind of, like, floating and twirling on their own, and it was nice. I will say, I looked over at the, the floating candles, which were basically... How did you guys make those? Because, I mean, it looked pretty simple. It is pretty simple. It's a toilet paper roll, hot glue, and paint, and then... Little tea light candle and some monofilament line, and it's and that's how you make just a simple floating yep. candle. Yep. Well, it was cool. Like, like I said, I I would look over and I would just see this like very slowly rotating, yeah, like thing, and it was like, oh, well, that's kind of neat. And then I'd look at the TV and see those same exact candles like on screen. I mean, maybe not same exact. I feel like Warner Brothers probably had a bigger bigger budget. Probably they probably weren't bit. using toilet paper rolls. No. <laughs> not gonna roll out the hot glue but probably not toilet paper rolls i know it's really simple my favorite decoration that you guys did were actually the um brick walls super simple i mean they're just what the plastic tablecloths oh those brick walls yeah Yeah. 
Yeah, they're, they're just plastic yeah, tablecloths. Black plastic tablecloths. We got a sponge and we dipped the sponge in paint. Like we kept the rectangular sponge shape and we just made, like printed those bricks on it, staggered every other line. And we put those up on the walls in key places. And it really did set the mood because this yeah. room is really white. Like our whole living room kitchen area is a, like an eggshell white. And so having those black uh, tablecloths with gray brick on it really brought you into Hogwarts. Like yeah. it felt not necessarily like a castle, but it felt less like a home. It made it made a difference. Definitely I agree. having it. Also, it just affected the overall lighting of the room, which is always better to have it a little bit more dark whenever you're watching a movie. So that helped. Especially films right. that get as dark as the Harry Potter films. Because yeah. as we were watching, I mean, you definitely saw how... When they were 11 years old in one, it was much brighter, more hopeful. Do, mm. do, 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 yeah, exactly. Do, do. Yeah. But it, it starts out kind of a little bit more bright and hopeful with him entering this whole new world of being a wizard. And then, you know, there's a little bit of danger at the very end. You know, everything before that's so just adventure. Woo, we're kids. Um, and then shit gets really serious as it moves on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very suddenly. And then from that moment, you really see a difference in the tone of all the movies. So, like, at the end of the fourth movie, when Cedric dies, spoiler alert, it there's an immediate difference in the overall lighting of the film. Yeah. I, I definitely look at the series as two halves. There's one through four, and then four is where Voldemort comes back um, to the land of the living. And then five through eight, uh, where it's really just they're the hero sequence with you know good against evil harry potter versus voldemort and his cohorts right okay so the bricks helped with the lighting which was reflected in the overall movie uh what was your favorite snack that we had i like the troll boogies the troll boogies <laughs> troll boogies uh the popcorn with some melted chocolate and some mini m&ms those were those dyed really to be delicious. green yeah. It was all lumpy, yeah. but delicious. Delicious. You know, that was one of the ones that I, I couldn't eat. It, really? it looked, yeah, it looked really gross. <laughs> it did look gross because we used white chocolate melting chips. Whatever shade of green you guys used was just like perfect, like just booger color. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was the neon green, but mixed with the white chocolate, it toned it down. Yeah, it was. It was. And then chunky with disgusting. those mini M and M's. Uh, just so gross. My favorite snack, hands down sorting hat cookies those, those came amazing. out so good yeah i will actually agree with that those were delicious like so, i think i ate like two houses worth of, of... <laughs> so what do we actually do i rolled it out and i baked the cookies well i rolled it out and i freehanded a sorting hat and so I, then i used a knife to cut out the little stencil that i made and i made i was making four cookies and so each cookie had three layers of cookies and so I baked them, took them out, and in the middle layer of each cookie, I cut out just a hollow spot, and I stuffed that little hole with specifically colored mini M&Ms. So Ravenclaw was blue, Gryffindor was red, Slytherin was green, and Hufflepuff was yellow. And I sealed the cookies up like I stacked them into layers. So you couldn't see the, the so colors. So you couldn't see the M&Ms at all. I used a little bit of brown icing to seal them all together and to do some details on the top, and they looked amazing and they tasted pretty good you know just plain jane sugar cookies yeah and then I thought it, they tasted amazing oh okay they were thanks great. like I, I know it sounds I mean, I weird that, yeah but that that just plain sugar cookie 
with whatever brown icing you used reminded me of those like dipping sticks like the dunkaroos yeah dunkaroos mm-hmm. there you go that like well we had dipping sticks because we were poor <laughs> but like yeah that like your parents would throw in your lunchbox like that's it, exactly what it tasted like they hated you and you wanted you to get fat and die <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just it's just like cookie sticks with icing right it's exactly what it tasted like and that's why I went back for seconds. I, I actually was just think like, we're, I, yes. I think what you're talking about isn't Dunkaroos because I don't think Dunkaroos had chocolate, did they? No, they didn't have. I don't. It think was they had like chocolate. a white funfetti icing. So you're you're like a snack food historian, but yes, you, I am. You know nothing of Chinese food before I met you in high school. Yeah, when we started dating in high school, it was the first time I had Chinese food. But I don't I'm understand a Dunkaroo that. expertise expert. There you go. <laughs> Not an English expert, but... <laughs> You're going to edit that out. <laughs> no, no, that's in there. You edit all of your errors, but none of our errors, so uh, we just sound like bumbling buffoons, and you just sound like this well-articulated... You even, like, insert bigger words than yeah. what you said, and you dub over it. I veritably do that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put something good in there. Oh, man. I hate you so much. <laughs> Those were our favorite snacks, but there were a lot more than just those. And so if you want to hear the different things that we did and see the different things that we did, you will have to check them out on our Instagram, our Facebook, and our Twitter. We put a lot of stuff on Instagram. So if you're only going to check one, I would go Instagram because you ladies did an amazing job taking pictures of all the cool stuff y'all made i tried well, like you. i'd sit down with a plate of food and they'd be like did you take a picture of that it's like my no, mouth is full like, <laughs> i'm <know>, hungry <laughs> like i made all these crafts and i'm watching movies it's like oh yeah gotta take a picture of this gotta take a picture of this right like i'm i'm tired and hungry i just want to eat something well i feel like our instagram activity dropped way down once we busted out the puzzles right like, yeah it was oh, kind of yeah. hard y- y'all are doing puzzle right now it's, it's 11 o'clock on a Sunday. We like Most of us have to be at work tomorrow at like 8. Way to rat us out, Rodney. Yeah. Well, I just want you to know, I'm not doing the puzzle audience. I'm paying attention and trying my best to be entertaining. We I'm have sorry, what? To Did finish. you say something? Mm-hmm. We have to finish it. Like this, We're obligated. Yeah, and this puzzle has been a bitch. So we're doing a puzzle of the Marauder's map, and it is like no detail. So it's like, oh, this yellow piece looks exactly like that yellow piece. Yep, lots of big open space on this one. What, what, what a great problem to have. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I watched like eight movies this weekend, <laughs> got really fat off food, and we uh, some puzzles. Food, and our puzzle's hard. <laughs> my puzzle made my brain hurt. <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm, uh, I'm going to go make a donation to, the, to some charity right now. I'll be right back. <laughs> Kind of go make my life worth living. <laughs> Justify my use of air. Okay, so since we did finish with the, the eight movie series, the Harry Potter 1 through 7.2. So was obvious, this the first time you'd ever watched it? All, all in the a row? way through. Yes. Oh, yeah, me too. I think it's probably the first time I've done it in a weekend with like paying attention to it like sometimes i'll just throw it on in the background but yeah while you're doing other shit cleaning the house yeah so do you prefer it this way or do you prefer it more spread out the i could see maybe the first three i could do you know i could have do with something else while it's on in the background but those last three movies for sure no i ha i'd have to sit down 
and yeah. really pay attention to it just because it really is just so good. Yeah, I think we watched them in the perfect way. Yeah. For a day. Definitely I mean, the best I'd ever I've, I'd ever seen them. Yeah. I think setting, setting the atmosphere with the crafts and all, it really, really it made, made a, a difference. difference. Yeah. Right. So just for y'all to have context, I am a normal human with a normal amount of interest in the Harry Potter series. Mara is a step above me and she went she's in that insane category mm. and Ronnie's a step below me where you're like do you have a soul you need to care about this okay so like I am a huge fan of the books so watching the movies where they had to you know rush through a, th- a few things leave out a few character arcs shorten the time that two characters are supposed to have together I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, mm, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a part in it where, in the book, Harry and Sirius have this very long, very personal relationship, um, and I believe Order of the Phoenix. And in this book, or, or I'm sorry, in the Order of the Phoenix movie, they probably had like five minutes of screen time probably together. Probably less than that, yeah, I'd say. It's, it's like Sirius. Less than five minutes. And then he, that's yeah, it. he just shows him really excited about. They have him. one breakfast together, so yeah. you assume that they had more time together, but it definitely didn't show it. No. Well, and like Dobby's death, like well, like it gets me when I watch the movies. Like not gonna lie, but in the books, like it's oh, just yeah. so much more. You impactful. hated life. Yeah, because Dobby shows up so much more. I mean, Dobby's in. He shows up in two. He comes back, I think, in four. You see him in five. You yeah, know. he's a much more he fleshed-out yeah, character. He definitely was in four because he was helping Harry. Yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, and then, then you add in, like, and I can't watch the movies without seeing, okay, this got left out, and this mm-hmm. got left out. And, man, I wish this would have been in it. And I, some of them, when I see it, I know it's like, okay, that would have been really hard to explain in a short yeah. amount of time. And, like, I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to see Winky. I want to see Peeves. I want to see, you know, all Pe- these Peeves other... Peeves would have been super easy to do. I think he would have been, And too. I think that he only showed up in the first one for, like, five seconds. No, Peeves was in all the movies. He, or all the books. He no, wasn't no, no, no. In, in the, the movies. I thought he was in the first movie because he spilled water on people. The first years. Like the, it was like a cut scene yeah. with him. Oh, was it? Okay. It oh, was, okay. It, they didn't even say his name. Yeah. Okay, it was just a ghost that like splashed yeah, water it was just or something like that? It was almost like, like a montage. Like they were showing some quick cuts of things around the castle and they showed Peeves dumping water on somebody. Oh, well that sucks. Anyway, the, Peeves to me is a big character in the books. Yeah. Like he's very entertaining. His role, I could see it being rewritable. Like if they're going to cut a character, I could see everything that he did being shoved onto someone like else. merged into one character? Not merged into one character, just like those actions being reallocated to someone else. Well, I mean, anyway, it, it didn't really matter. I was going to say, like, why why, re, why redelegate it as opposed to just have Jeeves? Jeeves. Jeeves. What did I say? Jeeves. You said Jeeves. It's Peeves. Peeves. Ask, ask Jeeves. I feel like Jeeves is a whole separate... Hogwarts character. Jeeves is just the guy in the library you asked to control F. <laughs> the piece of the piece of I would obscure. like to control F the whole library, please. <laughs> but like what what else got cut out that, that you missed? Because um, Spew was a big thing for me. Spew, I, yeah, and I think you know a lot For of those of you who aren't super fans, Spew is the little organization that Society Hermione got for the protection of elfish welfare. There you go. Um so it's it. the little society that Hermione starts to give 
basically equal rights to house elves. Yeah, and she starts that in book four. Mm-hmm. And the, kind of the rights of house elves, you know. But it, the, it comes the, back up too. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. The the rights of house elves and the rights of magical creatures mm-hmm. come back up, and they, you know, it appears several times, and it's an overall theme, and it comes back even in the last movie when Harry's changes his approach to creature and winds up earning creatures trust, and you know, and then in the very end. Oh yeah, they cut out all of yeah, a lot of creatures' them, redemption. Yeah. yeah. And it, the house elves helping in the fight. Oh yeah, Peeves and the house elves like they're fighting back. Like mm-hmm. everyone in the castle, it really is didn't show back. any of the ghosts fighting. No. Yeah, and I mean, and in the final one, like the parents come. Like, so in the the books as opposed to the movie, the parent the kids get sent home through the room of requirement, and because they wanted there was a certain age level that McGonagall was like, no, you guys got to go. You can't. Yeah, no one under like third year or something like that. Yeah, and. So she tried to send out as many kids as she could, anyone who didn't want to go. But so when these kids started showing up at home, their parents came. And so there's one scene in the book in the final fight where this just wave of parents come, you know, because it's right. everyone who went to Hogwarts. And right. One, everyone would want yeah. to defend their school. Yeah. So in the book. Not just their school, but their whole world. The but. Battle of Hogwarts is amazing. And in the movie, it's good, too. But it's just so much more in the book that I wish. Yeah. Could. It's and much more small scale. Yeah. But another thing, too, is the um, Fred and George storyline. Like, they have so much more in the books. Mm-hmm. And right. they, you know, they're the story of how they get their joke shop, like, all of that's kind of gone. And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, they're working on these products. And then they're leaving Hogwarts. And Well, I know while we were watching the movie, you were complaining that they cut out a lot of the George and Fred just causing mass mayhem yeah. under um, Dolores Umbridge's yeah. headmistress. Yeah, so in the movie, it's kind of like, they're just like, hmm, it's time for us to go. Yeah, fireworks and yeah. a little bit of mayhem. Whereas in the books, they're like, all right, like right, we're leaving, but we're going to fuck some shit up before we go. Right, yeah. and then you think they're just dropping out of school. Like, yeah, they've been selling some you know little crap things here and there, but you're you they don't seem nearly ready to have their own joke shop but in the books they were like they were very smart very business oriented um very uh, i don't want to say conniving but well like their last year they were determined was yeah. pretty much like product research time right. instead of and it didn't show anything like that yeah 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 it, it showed them like trying things out on kids and things like that really just that one scene before they had their big exit there were there was a few but because they also showed off the ear that was one of their products. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it did it did pop up like Literally, two or three times, yeah. but but no, it wasn't as built out as it, it was the book. But I mean, that's to be expected. I mean, the books are normally better than the yeah. There's the always going to be more detail. There's yeah, very sure. few, very few Those exceptions. Those are just the Fight details Club. that we missed. Fight Club's a much better movie than film. Movie than film. Damn it, <laughs> Melissa. Was there <laughs> a scene that you noticed? That. Um. I would say the some of the backstory in number four with the Quidditch stuff. Like, they really glossed over the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah. And it's like, I wanted to see a lot more of the Quidditch World Cup because that was a huge part of the of the fourth book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like... Yeah, it was boy. like a fourth of that book was <laughs> the, the Quidditch stuff in the Almost, beginning. Almost, yeah. Well, you just got to see so much more of the detail of the wizarding world, you know, because they talk about, well, they kind of like to show off and they kind of compete, you know, so you have kind of acts of these outlandish ma- magic. And then also they don't, 
you know how they can't really wear muggle clothes and there's just so much that you just lose yeah from they don't talk about the the cool little spells they have that if some muggle wanders too close to magic yeah it'll it'll be like oh no i left my stove on yeah and, or you know something like that they, they they leave out a lot of those kind of details well and it also really bothers me that they put the weasleys in like the nosebe- nosebleed seats mm-hmm. because like in the books they're in the the minister's box so like yeah. the top prime seats and it's like the Weasleys don't get a lot of nice things. Like, give them this. Why did you take this away from them? They lose enough. Like, yeah. with one of their family members becoming, like, a werewolf and one of them dying. and Yeah. So, I thought you were going to say that you were upset that they didn't put the Weasleys in weird muggle clothes. Because that was something that you brought up earlier was, like... None of them dress like they don't know what muggles are dressed like. Yeah. And in the books... It'll all be mismatched. And in the books, they say anytime, like, there are wizards around, they notice because there are a lot of people wearing weird clothes. Yeah. It's like, they, the Weasleys were dressed just fine. I feel like after one and two, the costumes turn a lot more to, like... Mainstream. Mainstream and, like, regular clothing choices. And that, that kind of always bothered me. And I've seen one explanation where it's like, oh, well, when they're in their robes, that's when they're in class versus when they're in muggle clothes. That's, like, their downtime. But it still, it just, to me, it, it removes you from the wizarding world. And it removes you a bit from the, you know, it just detracts for me. You, know, you, you know, forget that they don't know what muggles do. Yeah. You know, that never bothered me. And, like, I heard you guys kind of grumbling about it a little bit. The only time it bothered me in any of the movies was in Prisoner of Azkaban, where uh, Harry's basically wearing, like, a Reebok tracksuit at the very end, it looks like. Yeah. Like, it's got, like, stripes down the shoulders and stuff. I'm just like, Harry, come on, bro. You, like, you could do better than this. Yeah. But that was the only time that, like, them wearing muggle clothes ever bothered me. Yeah. Because I understand that. It's going to look really stupid if you have Harry and Miss Matt shit on a movie poster yeah. trying to sell tickets well, to see, a movie. Harry wouldn't be wearing mismatched clothes. Okay. And neither would Hermione. Yeah. That's Ron. why I said the like, Weasleys. Ron would, yeah, Ron would be wearing some questionable fashion choices. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing about the, the movies is, too, is, like, all the students, when they're in their downtime, they're in regular clothes. Like, I think Malfoy's regular clothes would be robes. Like, he's a pureblood. He's been raised as a pureblood and he's like that's their whole family shtick is like oh we're the purebloods yeah and so lucius he, always wore a cloak or something yeah. he looked the part and i mean they tried to make malfoy seem more you know re- reflect his wealth and his clothes and like he'd be wearing suits and stuff but i don't think that was a big enough step like i think he needed to be in like robes and stuff i agree yeah. I, I don't know like Harry Potter is such a vast dynasty of a movie series. I mean, it's it's up there with like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, to oh, me. Easy. So I don't I don't like getting too nitpicky with stuff like that. Well, but I I do like to think about what could have been, like the missing yeah. scenes and things, like what could have been. Yeah, I don't think we're complaining. No. We're we're just pointing out like if you asked us the question, this is what our answer would be. Yeah, but like, the movies themselves were golden and perfect and yeah, I still awesome love in every them. way. Like they're my favorite franchise, but they're just little things that I wish could have been done a little bit different that I think would have made it better. Well, I know we we missed last week's episode, but the week before that, uh, I I was say I was 
talking about not even showing up on Saturday and only showing up on Sunday to watch the only four good Harry Potter movies, Mm -hmm. watching them all again from one through eight, I have to, like, tweak my assessment. Mm -hmm. Like, the first four aren't crap at all. And some of the last four are weaker, in my opinion, now watching them all again than the first four. Yeah. Like, the fifth movie was all over the place. Yeah, they they skipped through a bunch of stuff in the fifth movie, but it was a lot of boring stuff. Well, I, I just, it, it lost something in translation. The fifth one, honestly, has one of my favorite sequences in the movie, like from um, Sirius Death through Voldemort possessing Harry. Like, that's that one fight of the, scene. Sta- yeah, that fight seat between him and Voldemort, that's like one of the standout moments of the series for me. But then it also has some really just kind of weak points where he's just kind of broody and moody. But I think, like, one is, I mean, it's not the best movie, but one has the Harry, he gets your wizard Harry, you get him seeing Diagon Alley, you get his entering the wizarding world. And while thematically, like, or... yeah, come on. The word I'm trying to cinematically, cinematically is not the strongest. Like the first one sucks. Yeah, like you gotta say it. No, the first okay. one is bad. The f- second is my least favorite. Like two is my least favorite book. It's my least favorite movie. But one, like it's towards the bottom. But it's got some key moments that are towards the top of my list. Like, well, I think you're just looking through the eyes of a young kid who's like, I'm a wizard. Like, I'm special. Yeah. And I'm now a part of this secret awesome club of other special people. Yeah. And we all know magic. That's yeah. badass. Yeah. But, like, once he kind of gets off the train, like, at Hogwarts, like, once he gets sorted, meh. Movie's kind of downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally agree. And I think the whole, like, it's Snape. It's Quirrell. It's Snape. You know, well... Well, they, I guess they never actually said it's Quirrell, but yeah. the whole, like, it's Snape, it's Snape, it's Snape. And then, you know, he was a red herring the whole time. But see, I think one thing, too, is that you have to keep in mind, though, is the source material. One and two are a lot weaker books than the rest of the series. And again, you go back to one has the strong moments, but it's also, they were children's books. Like, mm-hmm. they started, and that's one of the appeals of Harry Potter is it grows with the reader. Like, once yeah. you hit three, you start hitting some harder themes, some, you know, I mean, you get into themes of grief, themes of loss, you get into discrimination. Like, there's so much there, but one and two don't have it because the readers were just so young at that point. Yeah, they were kids' books. Yeah. And then the next one, she was like, you know what? This needs to be amped up. Young adult. Yeah. yeah. And I will say that I, I know at least I was in one of the target audiences. You said growing with the reader because I read the first book when I was 11 years old. And then they came out pretty consistently after that. So I finished the last book right after I graduated high school. I agree with Melissa. Like I was in fourth grade when I first read the, the book, the first book. And then I was, you know, starting my senior year of high school when I read the last one. Yeah, right. I was in I was in fifth grade, and like all the kids were reading Harry Potter. Like, and I it was never in the library, so like by the time it was in the library, I think three of the books were available, and I I read them all like in a month maybe. I mean, it was fifth grade, but 
They were worth AR points. Yeah, I was going to say, you got all the yeah, AR yeah, points. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I so did. I have a confession to make. Um, so I read all of, like, the, I think the first three Harry Potter books were out. I read them, and I took the AR tests on them, and then the next school year, I didn't reread them, I just remembered them, and I took the AR tests on them. And then the next school year, I <laughs> took the AR test on them, and my teacher caught on. She was like... Uh, Melissa, I know you didn't read these books, and I checked with your teacher last year. She said that you also took them for the AR last year. She's like, I'm telling your next year teacher, you can't take the test on these books. It's like, what? <laughs> I, that's not fair. I should ride this train until yeah. I graduate. Did you just look at the teacher and be like, snitches get stitches? Damn straight. Yeah. Uh, I actually posted that on Instagram whenever our cat was attacking the tree. Oh, did you? Cool. Because they're snitches. And she was attacking them. I got you. You can cut that. Is AR like a, a, a across the nation kind of thing, or is it just Texas? I know for sure that everyone I've ever talked to that went to through Texas schools. Well, maybe we should explain it. what AR is then. So AR stands for accelerated reading, or at least it did while we were going through. Accelerated reader. Sometimes. <laughs> She couldn't just let it go. She had let to go back. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> now I'm going to leave it now. I was going to cut it. So AR stands for Accelerated Reader, and it was a program that basically gave you points for reading a book and taking a test, like a computerized test. And I think it started like in like, what, third grade? Third to eighth grade? I think I started in eighth grade, or third grade. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I... I don't know. I, I just I remember having a lot of fun doing it because I used to. I was an avid reader anyway. Oh. Yeah. So I was. I was. A, I was. I was one of those nerds who read. Nerd. <laughs> I was not one of those avid reader types. I was quite the opposite. In case you couldn't tell, that I was trying to ride those Harry Potter books all the way through. So I did everything I could to read the minimal number of points mm -hmm. and to read the least amount of poss as possible. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you not like to read? Uh, it's not that I don't like to read. It's just it takes me a long time. Like, I get to, I'm a really imaginative with it, and I really savor the story if I like it. And if I don't, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go do something else. So, basically, a book takes over your entire life, so you can't commit that kind of time to something. Yes. Like, seriously, when I'm reading a book, that's it. Like, I don't sleep, which is really hard on me. I know some people can skip you know, a couple hours of sleep and be fine. I, I can't do that. And I can't focus on anything else and I can't get anything done. And I'm just constantly thinking like, I really should be doing this. I really should be doing that. You need a full 15 hours of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. No. So it's just, uh, it's hard for me to consciously set aside time to read. And when I read, I do enjoy it. Like, it's not like it's an unenjoyable thing for me. It's just, I'm picky about the books that I like, and I just can think of a million things I I could be doing and I should be doing instead. Like productive things, as opposed to exactly at least just doing things. stuff with my hands. Like I like to keep my hands busy. I like to be bi a busy person, and so it's hard for me to just say like, yes, I'm going to just sit here and enjoy this book and not produce something, not craft something, not draw something, or you know, do a puzzle or something like that. Like I just. It's hard for me to let go and just 
Let it go. Let it go. Beautiful baby. You're you've such a beautiful singing voice. Thank you. Anyway, so it's just hard for me to. Do you want some more? To dedicate myself to a book. I'll give you some more, baby. I'm uncomfortable again. (laughs) (laughs) We should we should just rename the podcast. Making Mary uncomfortable. (laughs) We could pump that podcast out like two or three times a week. When was the last time you read the books? I try to read them yearly. Like all eight or all seven. All seven. Sorry, I yeah. the, the whole movie I mean, book yeah. thing fucks would, me up. I would just listen to them on audio book. Like I count listening to audio books as reading, but I would listen to them while you I should work. I should because I'm throwing that out there. No, audio books are a valid form of reading. If someone who's in their car all day, I agree. Yeah, that's valid. I, I count them as entertainment. I do not count them as reading. I mean, to me, it's, uh, well, yes, you're not actually reading the words, but you're taking in information. And it's the format of a book. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's written as a book. Yeah. You're still picturing the words in your head. Anyway. Storytelling is not reading. I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. This year, I read one through four. Um, I reread one through four, and so I'm on five, but I haven't really gotten into it yet. So, the last time I read 5 through 7 was, I mean, probably like 10 years ago when they came out. Yeah, what is that, like 2,000 pages worth of book, if not more? I'm not sure. Less? I don't know numbers. I I have no idea. I guess it depends on how big your book is, you know? Yeah, I think. (laughs) (laughs) How big the font is, babe? Yeah, like some of the paperback books that I have have really tiny print. He's turning pages as he says each letter. Yeah. The audience can't see you, babe. Sorry, we need to make this a video podcast. <laughs> We'd have to actually put pants on. I'm wearing pants. I'm Where wearing did you get well, pants? I'm wearing pants too, but I'm wearing like pajama pants, like because they're Gryffindor pajama. Okay, pajama pants, pants are to pants this as is... audiobooks are to actually reading. You shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rodney, when was the last time you read the books? Um, you know what? That's actually a really good question because I feel like anytime I'm left alone in a room with one of them. I inevitably pick it up and just start reading. Yeah, but where? when was the last time you read it? Read one through eight, I don't, probably about three years. See, it bothers me. Like, when I start... One through seven. Like, mm-hmm. when I finish a book, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next one. Like, I gotta get... Like, I couldn't just leave it halfway through. Like, I would... Well, I mean, it's like driving down a road that you've driven down tons of times. Like, you forget at some point that you're driving. You're just like, I'm at my destination. Yay. Yeah, but you're not, like... I guess for me, it'd be the same as like, okay, you're driving down the road that you've been down a hole. You're like, let me close my eyes. Just see how this I could goes. do that. I could get to work. <laughs> Please don't. I could not. <laughs> no I could one not could. I my eyes closed. <laughs> and I have no, to finish no. all the Harry Potters once I start. No, but I, it, it is a great series. And I, I definitely should go back and, and redo it. What was y'all's favorite scene from the movies or part in the book? Like, what's your favorite overall moment in the Harry Potter franchise? Oh, that's hard. I have so many. It is hard. But hands down, mine, the Battle of Hogwarts in the book and the movie. Both are just like, I would read and reread and reread those scenes. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why reading takes me a long time. Like, I go back and I reread scenes just to relive it again. Like, chills down my spine, goosebumps, the whole nine yards. Like, that scene in the book and in the movie is hands down the best. There's, I, I love the Battle of Hogwarts 
like this is hard it's like picking a favorite child like as and as we everyone going, has a favorite child mara <laughs> your mom's lying to you when she said she doesn't no, i'm the favorite we all know <laughs> we know um no but while like while i was sitting there watching it i'm like oh yeah this is a really good part and sometimes when i'm seeing those like even the good parts that i love so much i'm like man but if they had included this from the books it would be so much oh, better. yeah it would have been even been, better yeah um, but like I said before, I really like the scene where um, Harry kind of drives Voldemort out from um, possessing him with just the fact that like he can feel love and he feels sorry for him. And uh, that's a really strong scene in the movies. Yeah. But honestly, like, I don't know if that's my favorite. Like, I have so many that it's hard really to pick like one key moment because it's like when I'm watching it, it's just like, oh, no. Yeah, this is so great. Yeah, to me, after 20 hours of watching movies, I think the eighth movie's credits was my favorite. <laughs> like, Just finally making it to the finish I mean, line. My, my, I think my, I have bed sores on my ass, and my bed sores have bed sores. Like, 20 Sexy. hours of, yeah, 20 hours of, of sitting in uh, in our living room is, is taking a, its toll. Good thing I don't have a desk job. I do have a desk job. I'm sorry, darling. Is your butt going to be sore tomorrow? I actually think it is. Do you need a doctor's note? Like, sat on ass too much, cannot come to work? That would be a great excuse. I wonder if my boss would accept it. They just get you one of those standing desks. I actually would take one. A standing desk is awesome. My boss has one. But it's awkward whenever you have a meeting with them. Because you walk in and you're like, am I supposed to stand up or am I supposed to sit down? If I sit, I'm staring at her crotch. Exactly. Like, it's awkward no matter what you do. Because if you're both standing, it's kind of aggressive. You know, like, you think you're going to duel at some point. But if you're both sitting, you know, like, I'm sitting down while she's standing, then it's just kind of like, I can kind of see you over your keyboard. Seriously, though, I think my favorite part uh, was in The Deathly Hollows Part 1. Um, which would be the seventh movie, uh, where there was that really cool, very well-made animation part explaining the Deathly Hollows Tale of the Three Brothers. Yes, like that part. I remember sitting in the theater being like, you know what, this was worth the price of admission. Like, uh, I the movie like could it end the now. The first time I saw it, but now it is a well-respected part of the series for me. Well, I'm so glad you agree with me. Yeah. But no, that that's probably my favorite part in the movies. Uh, in the books, uh, honestly, I really like the whole finding the Horrorcruxes part. Yeah, like the whole like adventure, like that's where it gets really adventurous to me because yeah. they're actually out traveling and exploring and trying to figure things out. There's like a mystery to it. You yeah. know, I have to admit, when it first happened in the books, I was pissed. I was like, this changes the direction of everything and like they're not even at hogwarts like i remember complaining like they didn't even go they're not even going to hogwarts like what the fuck i hate this it's this sucks and then i obviously ended up loving it but there was a while there in that in that last book where it was just them going through the woods like half the book and it harry was super Potter boring the trip of camping exactly like i don't want to go camping with harry i want to kill the voldemort come on so you equated harry potter with going to hogwarts and then when that happened yeah it, it was like felt like a betrayal yeah no i mean i do i, I do kind of get that but i embraced that change like i, I was all about at it at the time i've obviously accepted it now like i i could have had less with the whole like ron uh, Hermione 
uh, hairy kind of love triangle thing that they tried to there do. Never no, there never was, but like there was a lot of tension that they built up around that those three relationships. So like whenever Ron finally had his breakdown, it was just like, God damn, this is like some childish drama shit. Like right now the world is ending and you guys are just like Oh, like you you ran off with Hermione into the woods and I don't trust either one of you because I'm a child. That was the Horcrux talking. Well, I understand that, but it still happened and I don't feel like it needed to. Like, I, I don't know. That's just me. Mara, what was your least favorite part of the story? My least favorite part of the story? Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> just the whole book. Just, just the whole. I, I mean... I didn't like in the kind of the originals where it was or the originals the first few where it was just kind of so format you know oh we get to school we do our lessons we go on an adventure we beat the guy you know it was yeah uh, you know and you I mean see that's, that. that's that's more a problem with kind of the overall story than an actual event in the story right. but I need some time to think about that I will say you saying that kind of reminds me of something that I kind of enjoyed about the story is that each each book is it's can stand on its own but there is this overarching story that they're all telling and they're yeah. all intertwined but you could pick up any of the books and be like okay that was a cool magic story yeah you know I mean the last few might be a little confusing like who's this Voldemort guy and yeah. why is he such an asshole why is this elf just dead Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, why'd you have to bring that up? <laughs> because it hurts still. Yeah, those wounds are really, really fresh. So how many times did you guys cry this weekend? What? It was just really dusty in here. Yeah, cutting onions. Those dusty-ass onions. <laughs> no, seriously, how many times did you cry? Because I, I'm genuinely curious. Um, I... And when? I didn't really cry because I was working on puzzles a lot of the time, so I wasn't, like, paying 100% attention, but there are a couple scenes that always kind of give me, like, the and one of the first ones is in Goblet of Fire, when Harry comes back with Cedric's body. My yeah. boy! Yeah. With when Amos his, Diggory. With his dad. Holy shit. Cry. My like, boy! That scene, it gets me almost oh. every time, except it just need if it was just, like, two seconds longer i'd be bawling right but yeah just they like, did cut it really coming. short because yeah. that was their first dark moment yeah and so they didn't want to dwell on it for too long i guess yeah. but if if that went on i would be just like gone and <laughs> then you know and then it's like there's still kind of at least like almost like one a movie after that the end. yeah um maybe maybe not in uh 7.1 but um i guess it's seven uh, yeah i guess in, in book five when, when Sirius dies. Aunt, no, no, no. Aunt, for me, it was when Sirius calls him James. Oh. Right? Because I know he's about to die, and I see the look on Harry's face. like. So he calls Harry James. He, yeah. he calls him his, his dad's name. Yeah, yeah he, he said nice he's a good James. Yeah, nice one, good one. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. yeah so that, he, and so he's really just sad. like so into the duel that yeah. he calls him the wrong name. And the look on Harry's face is this is my new life. I'm going to be this happy forever. And you're yeah. just like, no, See, no. For, for me, where that one gets me is after Sirius goes into the veil and Harry's just like, like it, it goes quiet. It just focuses on the music behind and Harry's like screaming and Lupin's holding him back. But again, it's kind of like, 
it's just a little bit too short for me. Like it gets me there and I feel the emotion, but it doesn't like throw me off the cliff. I could say for that particular scene, they kept it short because it was still a battle, a fighting scene. Yeah. And, and I get that. Like, they couldn't just have, you know, they couldn't just have Harry sitting on, like, crying on the side while everyone else is dueling around him. But, and that's one thing that in the books, like, in the books, he goes back and Dumbledore sends him back to his office. And then he and Dumbledore have this conversation. And Harry's, like, pissed. Like, he's smashing shit. And you feel the emotion a lot more. And it's just not all the pieces are there in the movies. Still good movies, but. Right. Definitely missing that serious serious emotion yeah in the sixth movie definitely when um when snape kills dumbledore yeah spoiler alert when snape kills dumbledore i don't know maybe they haven't seen it (laughs) it's only been like what 10 years since the book's been out the last book (laughs) yeah um when snape kills dumbledore that will always just kill me every time yeah and the seven, 7.1 movie when Dobby dies. And then 7.2. It gets me when Hedwig dies too. Oh God, Hedwig. So Hedwig. bad. I will say I prefer movie Hedwig's death to book Hedwig's death. I think book, Hed, book Hedwig's death is a bit more realistic. but in, what, What's the difference? So in the book, Hedwig is in the cage and so harry has the real hedwig and all the other seven harry the the other six harry potters have um the decoy ones have stuffed hedwigs and so they're they're fake in a cage and she just gets hit she just gets hit by a spell and she dies in the cage and then harry eventually just has to like let the cage fall to the ground because the the motorcycle tips over yeah and um whereas in the movie he lets her go before they take off and Mm -hmm. then she comes and she goes in front of a spell and protects him. Yeah. I think the the book version is a bit more realistic. Like I could see that happening easier, but in the movie I like that like she didn't just get hit. Like she came, she chose, like her right. death had meaning. She was part of yeah. the cause. Yeah. She chose to save Harry because she is very intelligent in the books, you know. She's They she's, always say you've got a really smart owl. Yeah. And she's she has feelings, and she'll get mad at Harry, and she'll be happy. You know, she'll come yeah. to try and cheer she gets him on up. to him. Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, I would see her protecting him. See, I know this is bad, but I actually now that you've said that, I actually prefer the book one really? because her senseless death, despite her being very smart and very, you know, whatever. I mean. <laughs> The pinnacle of owl uh-huh. amazingness. Yeah, her personification. Like, yeah, the fact that she died a, a needless death is just one more sacrifice. Oh yeah, of I, a person or a you know. They both have their merits. Like I, I, I and what I mean by I, I see it happening more realistically. Like it's just a product of war, and that mm-hmm. makes it real to me. Whereas in the movie, it's a bit more. Her death is a bit more fantastical. Yeah, she flew in between Harry and a curse. Yeah. And um, so Hedwig's, like you were saying, Hedwig's Let's death pay attention. and Let's Dobby's watch. death get me in um, 7.1. 7.1. But then Fred's death in... Fred's death, Tonks, Tonks. Lupin, yeah. their death, um, and then... Like Neville stuff. Whenever Neville rises up and uh. he stands up to Voldemort, he grabs the sword. He kills Nagini. 
there's there are just so many moments where yeah. I just you go from that first book where everyone's making fun of Neville and then that last story where he rises up and he 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 gets to pull out like he gets chosen by the sort of Gryffindor yeah and, you know I know he's Harry, a hero in his own room. exactly yeah. like here Harry already got that but damn Neville had a straight up Phoenix story yeah well and talking about like crying about um Fred and Tonks at that scene where they're coming into the great hall and they're seeing all the dead when I saw that at midnight you could hear the entire theater crying. Like, <laughs> not gonna lie, it got so quiet. You could just hear like sniffles, and I was just like, Whoa. "I'm glad I'm not alone in this dusty theater." And then you all had a support group afterwards. Yeah. So, qu- quick question here, well, or maybe not quick, because this is this is kind of a cool question. The prophecy of the chosen one: two children actually fell underneath those those parameters. The other one being Neville Longbottom. Hmm. What do you guys what? Would have, what do you guys think would have happened if Neville had been chosen by Voldemort? If Voldemort had gone to Neville's house that night instead of Harry's? I think we would have seen Neville rise like he did in the current movies. So, like, the same exact thing would have happened? Because I, the whole, like, Harry's like mom Harry. love thing... You, know, you, don't, you don't think that Neville's parents loved him? I don't know if they were alive at this point. They were. They were alive? Yeah. So, in the story... Yeah, I have to bow to, to Mira's knowledge on this one, then. In the story, I'm pretty sure how it goes, is um, Harry... The prophecy um, is made, and it could be Harry or Neville, and Voldemort thinks it's Harry because Harry aligns with Voldemort. Neville's a pureblood, and he comes from a pureblood flam- family, whereas mm-hmm. Harry's um, half. Yeah. Half-blood. And so... Voldemort sees himself in that, so Voldemort puts the power in Harry since he so, chooses Harry. Quick question: I'm probably going to edit this. How is Harry a half blood? His, his half, mom a is half blood. A half half blood. Yeah, his mom's okay. Muggleborn, and okay. his um. So he's half mud blood. blood. Yeah, so he's half. Okay. Of half. That makes sense. Yeah, but because um, I was like, okay, if his dad is at Hogwarts yeah. and his mom is at Hogwarts, how the he, hell is he a half blood? He has Muggle blood. Muggle born okay. blood in him um which voldemort his father was a muggle and his mm-hmm. mother was pure blood yeah so voldemort identifies with harry mm-hmm. and um then after voldemort disappeared bellatrix lestrange barty crouch jr and some others they were to- they took neville's father who was an auror and his mother, and they were torturing him to try to find out information about where Voldemort was. Okay. And then they drove his parents mad. But And this is one thing that, again, it's in the books, but it's not in the movies, is his parents are alive. And they're mm-hmm. they're crazy, and they don't... They're at St. Mungo's. One of my favorite names of any hospital, yeah. any TV show or movie. And um, he visits them at Christmas, but mm-hmm. they have no idea who he is. Well... There's a they hint have that moments. they do. They have moments, but for the most part, they don't recognize him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's just one of those things. The books are always going to be better. I think Neville's parents would have made the same sacrifice for him, but I think his raising um, would be different from Harry's in the fact that 
Neville had more family around that cared for him. I mean, Neville, they were practically in the same situation. They were both essentially orphaned Mm -hmm. by the first Wizarding War, but instead of going to a family that made it known that they resented him, his presence, like Harry did, he went to a grandmother who, while she might not have shown love in their traditional sense, <laughs> yeah, you know, she, she cared for him. She cared for him, like, and and it's kind of apparent in the last book where you know she starts to say so, like she's you see her pride in him a lot more when Neville kind of comes out of his shell, and so I think that would have had um, somewhat of a difference on. Well, at the same time, do you think though, he would have been a stronger character than Harry was? Um, I don't know about stronger than Harry was, but I don't think Neville would have been the same kind of... Chosen one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he would have been... Like, what it sounded like Mel was saying was he would have been the same sort of Neville. I think um, you just would have seen the same growth. Yeah. Like him I, going from pretty much the worst to being just this hero this really against all odds underdog hero yeah and i don't i I could see that happening but at the same time i couldn't because he would have been raised in the wizarding world he would have been raised around people he would have known the sacrifice his parents made he would have known the um the essential lore around him and Mm -hmm. i think that could have either made him grow a lot earlier or it could have been the same because it would have been a lot of pressure to succeed. and Well, I mean, also, if you think about it, his grandmother, like, being worried that he was a squib. Yeah. Like, she might have some old school Voldemort-esque, like, ideas. Oh, yeah. I mean, his family definitely, they fell into the trap of, we have a reputation we have to live up to. I mean, mm-hmm. one of his, like, uncles pushed him out a window to see if he'd do anything magical when he was young, you know. Yeah, I mean, so, like, being raised in that kind of family household, even though you do know that you might be the chosen one. Yeah. Or maybe even that you are the chosen one. He would be raised with that kind of fame. Yeah. You know, so who knows what that would have really kind of done to him. Yeah. I mean, there's possibilities. I mean, obviously, you could write whatever you want. But yeah. I, I see the seedling there of him being a Voldemort supporter. You know, it could happen. That's crazy. That's crazy to think of. Yeah. yeah, that crazy, sexy jawline being a, a Death Eater. He just doesn't do it for me. No? No. Like, I, I recognize that he got far more attractive than he started out, mm-hmm. but... It, well, he also started out way down there. Yeah, so Like, that little buck-toothed kid. He went from a one to a six, and six, six? is pretty good. Wow. It's really pretty good, okay, but... So one thing... You married, like, a solid two and a half, like... <laughs> How are you calling that guy a six? You're an 11 in my eyes, baby. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, one thing to enter useless Harry Potter knowledge is they actually, like, made like made him kind of into the Neville they want. Like, he wore prosthetic teeth. They put him in, like, a chubby suit. Like, they made him look goofy. So then it's like when you get to last premiere and you get to some of the other stuff you're like damn neville got hot but it's like neville was hot all along they were just like no you're too pretty now the hotness was (laughs) inside you the whole time we have to tone you down yeah and so you know so the females may look upon your visage and not orgasm (laughs) you're too pretty um no but i think i think that was still at play in the last one so at him outside, like, there are some promo shots of him that he's quite pretty in, so... Oh, well, he did, like, a magazine ad, like, yeah, for underwear, like, right after yeah. Harry Potter. 
And then J.K. Rowling saw it on Twitter. He's like, look at my wand. Like, <laughs> Barely contained these magical briefs. He couldn't say Harry Potter because he didn't have the rights. Right. Yeah. I noticed, going back and watching these, like, from about four onward, I couldn't get Cursed Child out of my head. Like, it yes. kept popping up. And it's not Definitely really... in four and definitely in 7.1 and 7.2. Yeah. It's it's not really wanted. I right. mean, I feel like I feel like I'm betraying something, but I, Cursed Child was was a low point for me in the Harry Potter universe. Well, we said last week that we would all we said last episode that we would all read Cursed Child, and did, Melissa, did you? Yep. Is that a yep? I just went online and looked at the the. I read two spark notes. I read two separate plot synopses. Ooh, so that's basically like reading the book. That's Synopsis, pretty close. Uh, Mira, I'm sure you have the whole thing memorized. I I read it all in one night when it came out. You're a freak. I am. I I wrote about 15 pages. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Beat so that. By our powers combined, we've almost read 15 pages. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I couldn't get into it. The format of it and then reading the plot, plot synopsis. I was just like, fuck this. I'm sorry. Like it just, it wasn't interesting enough. I will say, I think some of its problem lies in its format. It's it's not written as a book. It's written as a play. Mm -hmm. And I think. A script. No, with. Like staging and stuff. With scene directions as well. That's called a script. Like okay, it's just not just continue, it's not just I'll dialogue. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 which is a script. That's fine. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, but so it's it's not written like a book. It's written like a script, and so it's you just get essentially dialogue and a little bit of like scenery description, a little bit of this is supposed to happen here, and so I think that is a very limiting. Format. Yeah, you gotta fill a lot of the gaps yeah. in yourself. Yeah, because in the books, you know, you get a lot of what's what they're thinking as they're doing something. Whereas with this, it's kind of like it either has to be implied with their gestures or with their words, and so you lose a lot just from the get go with the for the format. But then on top of it, so J.K. Rowling didn't actually write this. She she influenced it and she helped it and she worked on it with them, but she wasn't the actual writer. And it just feels kind of like fan you fiction. You can tell, yeah. yeah. Like, it feels like really weird fan fiction. In I feel like it is a bad dream that I had that taints my memory of Harry Potter. Well, since I didn't read it, give me a five-minute synopsis. <laughs> so, spoilers, if you want to read Cursed Child. I think it's been out in, like, two years now. It's fine. It's been out, like, three since months. Since August. What? Of this yeah. year. What the in fuck? August, I guess four or five months now. But... Ugh, I hate time. <laughs> so do the people who wrote Cursed Child. Yeah. Um, so what it is, is it focuses on um, Harry's second son, Albus Severus. So this is the, the kid that we see at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Who's nervous. Of the eighth 19 movie. years yeah. later scene. So he's nervous. His son's nervous about getting sorted into um, Griffin or Slytherin. And he um, goes and he gets on the train. He befriends Draco Malfoy's son, um, Scorpius, I believe is his name. And then he gets sorted as Slytherin. So the first couple of scenes are whole years passing by. It's they're dropping off 
the kids at the train station until you get to year four. And then that's when stuff starts to happen. And so there's some issue with time turner, time turners. Um, the ministry stock got destroyed in the fifth book, Order of the Phoenix, but there's one out there. And so then um, they track it down and Cedric Diggory's dad is like begging Harry to go back in time to save Cedric and his uh, Harry turns him down, but his son overhears it. So then he sets out on this quest to save Cedric Diggory. And in the process of that, they completely screw up the timeline. They find out the person who's kind of tricked them into doing this is Voldemort's love child with Bellatrix Lestrange. Gross. And yeah, which, you know. And if so he then didn't have a nose, why did he have a penis? <laughs> Because if you're magical and you can choose what to lose, why would you want to lose your penis? What In fact, I'd be all like, Engorgio, that shit. All right. Never mind. Why did I ask? <laughs> but to me, there were just some character choices that just don't fit with, the char- with what I have accepted as the character. So mm-hmm. the big one about them is I don't believe Voldemort would have a love child. Like, I don't believe... I I see Voldemort as asexual. Like, he was so obsessed with power, and he didn't know... Right, so focused. Yeah, he didn't know how to love. So, he he wouldn't... Don't necessarily have to know how to love to make love. But see, I don't think he was, like... That's why they invented doggy style, Mara. So, but on top of that, though, is he didn't think he was going to die. So... He he. His goal was to master death, so he wouldn't think, "Oh, I need to leave behind an heir for this dark world I'm coming." So I don't think he would have done it for that. And the only other reason would be like love. I don't think he did it for love. I don't think he did it for. I I don't think he took pleasure in that. He took pleasure in getting power and controlling. You know. Why can't Why can't a dark lord just want to get his little dark lord wet? I I just. I just don't think that was Voldemort. He just, to me, came off completely just asexual, just not even interested in... Well, I mean, I will say he's very focused, but the most focused of people still have sex. I guess just nothing in the book and nothing in the movie made him have a sexuality. Like, there was literally no lingering eye. There was no sexism. You know, like a lot of bad guys in a lot of movies, they're like, come here, bitch. You know, they say stuff like that. Slap like, your ass. Yeah. Yeah. He he had nothing. He showed nothing like that. And I mean, and Bellatrix, like, I believe Bellatrix was in love with Voldemort. Yeah, I think she would have. And there, there are times in the books where he kind of shuts her down in a real um, just cold way. It's called domination. Yeah, it just to me, just he's indifferent towards you uh-huh. know, he's indifferent towards. Yeah, he sees the end game. Like he doesn't see. And he sees love as a weakness. So for sure. So what what does this love child end up doing? So she manipulates the story. So she presented herself as um, a relative to the Diggories, and she was caring for Amos Diggory, which is Cedric's father. And she's kind of like planning the idea in his head that they need to go back. And so then she teams up with Albus and Scorpius and is trying to get them to go back and change time to bring Voldemort back. And so she kind of orchestrates the plan. And she's actually kind of powerful in her own right. Um, But she ultimately, you know, fails. 
So did they fix the timeline back the way it was? They do. Okay. So it's a nice, clean Yeah, it's story. nice, clean. I mean, it, it is two plays. So, like, if you're seeing the show, you have to see two separate shows. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. it's, like, five hours long. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But it... I do think the show would be a good production to see. I think it, they're doing probably doing a lot of fantastic technical work with it. They're doing that's a lot not of, here. A lot of kind of groundbreaking things in theater, but in terms of this fitting into the Harry Potter universe, it doesn't really fit for me. Hmm. I mean, it it sounds really interesting, and like I'm gonna try my best to to go back and, and finish it up, but. Um, can you say finish it up if you've only got 15 pages into something? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to restart it probably. I believe in you, baby. Thanks. But no, I mean, it sounds like an interesting story. And I feel like from if you guys are disappointed in it, I'm going to be disappointed in it. Mm. But I also feel like Cedric Diggory's death is such a very cool moment in the books, a very unique moment. It's really cool that they tried to incorporate that into something new. But what what winds up happening is they go back, so they wind up going back to each of the tasks in mm-hmm. the um, or that's the the original plan in the Triwizard Cup. In the tri- yeah, the Triwizard Tournament. So they go back to the first task, and their thought is, oh, well, if he just doesn't get the egg, he won't be, you know, he'll be out of the competition. So um, I forget what exactly they do. I think they summon his wand away from him or something um but they they sabotage him and Mm -hmm. it doesn't work and so then they go back to the second task and they try to sabotage him again and they're trying to like humiliate him out of the competition but so what winds up happening is cedric lives but he becomes a death eater (laughs) so the future is even darker yeah than him being dead yeah and so there comes a point where so they, they come back from the first tournament, uh, or the first uh, task. task that they try to sabotage, and they've completely changed the timeline. Like, they've erased uh, Ron, and Her- Ron and Hermione's children from existence because Ron and Hermione don't get together because Hermione never went to the Yule Ball with Crumb, so Ron never got jealous. And um, then when they come back from the second task... Uh, they succeeded and Cedric didn't die um, and Voldemort's taken over and so it's a very dark universe and then um, and uh, Albus doesn't exist when they come back from the second tournament because Voldemort won mm-hmm. and so then they he goes back and it gets confusing after that point Melissa did your spark notes give you all this detail oh yeah actually a, a lot of the detail Oh, yeah? All of that, yeah. Oh, all right then. Yeah, you even give, like, quotes. I was trying to make a joke, but you were like, yes, yeah, Spark Notes were an it, inspiration. I they I were think awesome. It was Spark Notes. I don't remember what I read, but one of them was the fan Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that, that's more than the 15 pages that I got into it, but I don't know. Like, that still seems really intriguing to me. Like, if they ever made a film, would you be interested in seeing it? I would see it. You're I mean, just obligated yeah, at that point. At this point, oh, because it's got Harry Potter yeah. in it. Like at this point, I'll I'll probably see anything Harry Potter at least once. Like I'll see the stage show. I, I'm actually kind of excited to see the stage show. I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to grumble about the story, but mm-hmm. I think I think theatrically it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be just fantastic. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, we've got a week left in our month of magic. So uh, follow the hashtag, hashtag month of magic. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. I mean, we are on pretty much all the social medias now, all at Nerds of the Left. Um, so any any more thoughts on, on this weekend? Because, I mean, you guys did an amazing bang-up job. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, just be on the lookout on those platforms to see the details of what we did because we didn't talk about half of what we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of fun stuff going on. And I think we're even going to do a Facebook album of just all the pictures so yeah. you can kind of see everything that, that we did to transform the house. We magic the shit out of your house. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. It was pretty awesome. And so is this going to be an annual thing? Are we doing this again next year? Yes. Yes, we decided we're going to do it New Year's Eve. And New Year's Day of uh, of the New Year's from now on, since we're all lame anyway, and we don't have parties to go to. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, babe. Thanks, thanks, thanks for leaving that out. It's the Harry Potter marathon. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, but maybe we'll invite more people next time. Like, maybe we will share our magic. I think that's a very good idea. Um, yeah. Maybe having some select guests. I'm not Come cooking on. if there are more people, though, because <laughs> yeah. this was expensive because we did so many snacks, like every single meal, breakfast, lunch and dinner, plus desserts, plus snacks, plus drinks for everything. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. not looking forward to weighing myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. No. We're going to fast till the next one. <laughs> All right. So one week left with the month of magic. So check us out on social media. And I've been Rodney. Melissa. Mara. And we'll see you next time. Keep it nerdy. Happy Christmas. Instagram. Check out your recent activity on Instagram. Bitch, I've been on Instagram more than Instagram has been on Instagram. (laughs) The podcast you just heard is part of the B&E Network. Brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com.